of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Welcome to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST. Broadcasting from the Hoppy Kerchival Building in Martinsburg. Welcome inside the Hoppy Kerchival Building as it is Panhandle Live for this first day of November 2023. I'm Luke Wiggs, Marsha Gavalik alongside. Marsha, did you enjoy uh, your Halloween night? You know what I did? This is so off character for me, but... Uh-oh. It went drag racing. No, we... We watched so much soccer, <laughs> like, but I'm invested in it now because um, I've I've seen these players. I've watched most of them play in person. You know the um, the kids from UCF, the kids from Marshall. I say kids; they're young adults. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we watched. We started with the UCF game and uh, watched that one. They um, unfortunately that didn't go our way. Um, and then uh, as I was watching, as we were watching that, I was looking at the updates from Marshall and WVU. They were all kind of lo- like uh, staggered time-wise. And uh, those were crazy. Like the WVU game was crazy. So I know my husband was watching the the game over after he finished one game. He watched the other and then watched the other. Um, but I was just kind of looking at the Twitter updates. Well, and those teams finished one, two, and three in the Sun Belt, Fun Belt. So they have the conference tournament and then they've got the NCAA tournament. Uh, it's 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 certainly going to be a fun ton of fun to see where those teams finish up. WVU, like you mentioned, we could talk about it a little bit later on in the show as sure. well. Um, Sukata uh, uh, was pulled down in the box and uh, converted a penalty with about 30 seconds left. Uh, he's been one of the best wingers in the country, uh, and this is where things are fun um, from a soccer's perspective. For those that are interested in uh, kind of the way things shape out and how many leagues there are con- across the country. So for Sukata, I mean, you know, coming over from Asia and a, and a very high-level player, he's somebody that now has an opportunity to play professionally all over the world. He could stay in the MLS. He could go play in Europe. He could go back to Asia and play in the J League in Japan or in the K League in Korea. Um, there's a lot of opportunities. You know, it's 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 not like other sports where you just have one pro league. Mm-hmm. So you've got a very good college football player, for example, that's not good enough to play in the NFL, and then that's all she wrote. Because there's a limited number exactly. of NFL there's, there's 30 teams. teams with 53-men rosters, and that's it. As opposed to soccer, where there are professional leagues in every country in Europe. Here in North America, Canada started their own league. Mexico is obviously Liga MX. You've got the MLS, the USL, the USL Championship, League One and League Two, and all of that. So it's fun to then watch these players see where they go. I'm sure that was kind of confusing for our listeners. They could play all over the world. Yeah, that, it's exciting. And uh, so he's a senior? I think so. Okay. No, no, no. He's got more eligibility left. But it, it, the other thing about that is any team could step in and say, hey, I think you're good enough to play in our league, and here's the uh, here's the million dollars that – I, I, I back up to prove that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, cool. when, when somebody comes to knock and he'll, he'll probably go a walk. Well, one of the thing, one of the things I noticed with the exception of the UCF game, which was played in Orlando, um, everyone seemed bundled up <laughs> the WVU <laughs> and the Marshall games. Uh, so the, the cold weather has come. I, I was talking to uh, Bob Steele, the real Bob Steele from 95, nine, the big dog. And he was showing me pictures that people had been sending him from a little West of here. Uh, where there's snow. Yep. Oh yeah. And and it just seems wrong. And uh I I didn't see any trick or treaters at my house. Shocker. 
But, um, you know, my daughter was driving home from work and she saw some. And I wonder how bundled up they all had to be. You know, I was driving around yesterday as well, and it was a mixture. There were some some kids that were brave enough to just go sans coat. Uh, mm-hmm. And then others that with their parents very closely behind. See, sure I would have been up. I would have been brave enough. Seven year old me, I would have been brave enough to go sans coat, but my mama wouldn't have let me if it was a chilly night. There's so. a lot of kids probably waking up with stuffed noses this morning, but yeah. so, you know they got their candy and staying home from sick or staying home from school sick with a massive bag of candy is really not a bad way as a ten year old to spend a, a Wednesday. Right. So. C- counter that with you know no one got to see my Wonder Woman costume. Mm. You know, you're right. Exactly. So, which was basically glorified pajamas and a plastic <laughs> mask that, that had a, a really breakable elastic, the thinnest elastic they could afford, I'm sure, on the in these manufacturers. Um, but I imagine you could probably get a pretty penny if you sold one of those at a vintage store. I was going to say from the 70s. What was the name of the lady that played her on the TV show? My mom was Linda Carter. Fan. Yeah, Linda Carter. My yeah. mom was a big fan of that show. So there you go. Uh, We begin our conversation today, Marcia, as we work through a very busy news cycle. And I am a little curious, and I'd like to get the text line involved. 304-263-4321. We had some great responses in the conversation we had on Panhandle Sports Live. Uh, But I'd like to continue the conversation on to Panhandle Live. As we get to the back half of the construction of U.S. Route 340, and we'll talk a little bit more specifically about the details, I know that for a fact somebody listening to this show probably drives that or the detour of that on their they, commute. They used to, to drive that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they're still driving that, that's a problem. Um, please let us know, you know, how much longer has your commute been? I, and I've made this joke before. It's kind of like a fishing hole. If you've got a detour that works, you probably don't want to give it out to people that are also oh, listening. I hadn't thought but, of that. But, you know, what, uh, what are kind of some of your thoughts about, you know, navigating around it, this uh, work on US 340? Um, and, again, this is a 90-day project um, that began – after Memorial Day, and it's scheduled to end around Christmas time. Uh, it was Triton, uh, the construction incorporated, that was awarded the contract for $10,277. I'm sorry, that's very much incorrect. $10,277,500 as well on that to remove rockfall and install rock barriers on a one mile section of US Route 340. Um, we've got a complete article about this on our website, panhandlenewsnetwork.com, where District 5 engineer Lee Thorne uh, was quoted as saying that there are still delays, but we're on the downhill side of the project, and uh, they're moving approximately 1,500 cubic yards of rock. That's what's been removed so far, which is about 2,300 tons, which they say is enough to fill 150 triaxle trucks. That's crazy. So work's still being done, but we've plowed through uh, a good portion of it, and I, uh, of course, have a lot of respect for our brother into the DOH, and we appreciate the work that they're doing. But sometimes when you hear a 90-day figure, you think immediately, okay, well, maybe we're talking 120 days. Yeah, you but in this, in this particular instance, it sounds like it's progressing well, and uh, things will hopefully return back to normal here pretty soon. And editor's note, uh, I, I think they meant Labor Day. Um, so I'm going to fix that on the article. But they sent a couple of really cool pictures, too. So um, you can look that up at Panhandle newsnetwork.com and as luke said weigh in how has this affected you have you have you uh, started to work from home more if you were someone who had to uh, commute that road on a daily basis uh, how's that affected you and another quote that's wild and again you can find the complete story like you mentioned opinion newsnetwork.com while they're moving some of the rock off the side of that hill uh, Lee Thorne was saying that there have been boulders the size of cars that have been coming down you know <sighs> marcia i was in school in wvu Mm-hmm. Um, when the infamous incident, I think it was my junior year, uh, a rock fall of um, the, the right down the hill from the Coliseum rolled across the road, 
uh, Beechhurst. I couldn't think of the street, and I grew up in that town. Uh, rolled across the road to Beechhurst, didn't hit a car, but knocked the PRT car off the right. track. And those PRTs, they, they don't need any help getting off schedule <laughs> oh, anyway. No, they do not. No, they do not. I just I remember being in the the the, the student media center and watching the the daily Athenaeum people think that they were going to get the scoop on the story. The student newspaper they're sprinting out there to take pictures and some hardcore journalism. And it was a pretty wild event with some pretty wild photos of an of an overturned PRT car. I say all that to say, you know, that was a lighthearted incident where nobody was hurt. Thank the God. reason why they're doing this is to avoid incidences here in the Eastern Pain Handle where more uh, severe injuries can be avoided. So it's necessary. It work. makes me worried about the people who, who are working it because it, it, Lee Thorne, the, the District 5 engineer, said um, they come off unexpectedly. Like they're not announcing. And, you know, it's interesting. I was walking on our, our road uh, with my daughter one day and we heard a tree. We're in the woods. We heard a tree crack. Right mm-hmm. before we would have had any time to react, it was falling down. You know, and it was well. You know, it was away from us, but I, you know, a, a rock coming off forty feet above your head. Uh, you know, you might not have any preamble, and you're just in a little, you know, you know, earth mover. Right. Again, you can text us three zero four two six three four three two one. A texter says the detour doesn't just affect commuters. Think about the small businesses in Boulevard and Harpers Ferry. That's oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and I'm sure there are tourists who have rethought their plans to come until that mess is all you know taken care of. And and the texter is absolutely right. If people hear this kind of um, you know publicity that oh the roads are kind of complicated to get there, maybe put your you know trip off. Uh, then that will impact the downtown, tra- um, you know, businesses. Well, we will endeavor to keep you updated on the situation with the 340 bypass and the construction that's going on there in the easternmost part of the eastern Panhandle. You can find a complete article about it on PanhandleNewsNetwork.com, and we'll continue to update that story as more details become available. We've got a lot more news to get over, so we're going to get our first break out of the way and then uh, power through some stories on the other side as you're listening to Panhandle Live on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. You're listening to Panhandle Live on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. Scratch my back with Welcome back to Panhandle Live, broadcasting from the Hoppy Kirchville building here in Martinsburg on this first day of November. Panhandle Live is driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville online to countryroadstire.com today. Coming up, we're going to have some guests uh, from the Martinsburg and Berkeley County Parks and Rec, but before we do that, we still have some more news to get through um, in our stack There's here. so much. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not complaining. It's not like necessarily murder and mayhem, but a lot of it is, some of it's awful, but... Well, speaking know. of mayhem, the Queen Street off-ramp on uh, West Virginia 9 westbound in Berkeley County, uh, it will be closed. In fact, it closed At just about two hours ago, mm-hmm. and it'll be closed until 4 p.m. this evening to allow for repair of a sinkhole. Yeah, you don't hear that every day. But um, just to kind of give you a visual, this is, uh, if you're coming from Charlestown on Route 9, because I know Route 9 is a lot of places uh, in the in the county. If you're coming from uh, Charlestown on Route 9 and trying to get uh, out to Queen Street, that exit there is where that's affected. If you go on WV511, mm-hmm. West Virginia 511, um, you can see kind of the, the traffic delays there. And again, that's going to be close to approximately four o'clock today. A couple of harder stories we need to hit on before this segment ends, but uh, we also want to talk about uh, the Morgan County Sheriff's Department. Uh, It's closed today and tomorrow with staffing issues. 
The sheriff, uh, chief deputy, and deputies can still be reached by contacting the dispatch, and the dispatch number is 304-258-0305. A cold and flu season, you know, mm-hmm. have some people out and right. uh, short staff currently. Yeah, so uh, he did say illness in that uh, announcement. Remember, you still can call 911 if there's an emergency, but remember the sheriff's office deals with a lot of other things besides just law enforcement. And so if you've got a question, you can still call that number um, the, the regular non-emergency number. If you were listening to yesterday's Metro News talk line, uh, we had U.S. District Attorney for the Northern District, Bill Elenfeld, on with Hoppy Kerchival, and he talked about an incident uh, here in Martinsburg. Destiny Rebecca Somersall, who's 41 years old, uh, was sentenced Monday to 40 years in federal prison uh, for sex trafficking a child. There was another man involved uh, who Somersall befriended a Florida man, uh, 76-year-old named John Bulch, and uh, William Elenfeld kind of picked up the story yesterday on Talk Line. Between 2017 and 2022, Mr. Bulch exploited six minors between the ages of 3 and 15 years of age. He was paying their mothers to produce images and videos of the victims engaged in sexually explicit conduct. He also paid, in our case, he paid uh, Ms. Somersault to transport 15-year-old minor to a hotel room so that he could engage in sex acts with her. And we very quickly had Ms. Somersault charged by crim- criminal complaint. She was convicted and then sentenced yesterday to 40 years in prison. And uh, just one more clip I wanted to play because, um, unfortunately, in this just really horrible and, and disgusting story, uh, for John Balch is also facing charges in Maryland, uh, and Mrs. Somersall was not the only woman he was involved in when, when committing these crimes. And in looking at the plea agreement from the District of Maryland, and that's where he's being prosecuted, he has spent enormous amounts of money in Florida, Maryland, and elsewhere to obtain access to children. So you can find that complete interview uh, on the WVMetroNews.com website where uh, Hoppy Kirchwell's show is podcasted. And Marsha, it it brings back, unfortunately, uh, a conversation that we had a couple of times, you know, when we were talking to Paul Johansson in the Star Theater in Morgan County and just different members from the Eastern Panhandle Empowerment Center. You know, you you think about sex trafficking, or you really don't from your day-to-day lives until something like this pops onto our radar. And it is something to not want to think about, but know that could potentially be happening around us here in Martinsburg, here in the Eastern Panhandle. Um, You know, just be vigilant to our listeners out there. I mean, these stories are disgusting and they're shocking when they happen. Uh, One of the defendants, uh, in addition to the the two named, was Jane Ellen Campbell, age 35, of Hagerstown. She pleaded guilty to distribution of child pornography related to one of the victims, and according to the the um, press releases from the U.S. Attorney's Office, both in West Virginia and Maryland, uh, and you can read both of those, um, the, the summation of those, at the in the article at PanhandleNewsNetwork.com, uh, some of these these women who have been implicated were trafficking relatives, mm-hmm. like close relatives. So it's you know who's protecting these these babies? Absolutely. And then uh, again, just a call for it's the, the old saying, if you see something, say something. And I know there are resources available for people that are listening, potentially that have been victims of crimes like this. Um, and uh, it, it's good to see that the, the, the swift hammer of justice from, from Bill Illenfeld sentencing the Martinsburg woman to 40 years um, in, in prison. Uh, another sentence was handed down yesterday uh, to Catherine Annette Battis, age 38, also of Martinsburg. She was sentenced on Monday, forgive me, to 87 months in federal prison for possession with intent to distribute 40 grams or more of fentanyl. Uh, Battis is also known, uh, I guess a street name is Miss Kitty. 
operated a drug house in Martinsburg for multi-state organized drug trafficking businesses dubbed the 19th Street Enterprise. An investigation uncovered nearly $65,000 in cash deposits over an 11-month period uh, believed to be drug proceeds. So again, Marsha, you know, uh, and it's kind of the same way from where I was coming from in Morgantown when you've got that I-79 and everything that happens between Charleston and Pittsburgh. Out here, you've got Baltimore. You're between Hagerstown, Washington, D.C. 81's right there. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of drug activity that can potentially happen in this region. Uh, it's good to see it dealt with and people charged. Uh, but again, something else that uh, it's concerning when you're listening and you think about what's happening in the community around you. Absolutely. You can read more about that in an article at panhandlenewsnetwork.com. And there's a, a mugshot up there, a sh- mugshot up there as well. All right. There you go. Uh, and you can find more on these stories at panhandlenewsnetwork.com. I'd still like to get some more participation from the text line, 304-263-4321, because we had one texter talk about you know, the detour around Route 340, how it, it maybe isn't affecting commuters as much as we had thought, but certainly small businesses are affected. If you're somebody that makes that drive uh, to and from and has to you know, deal with the detour, I'd love to know how much that's added to your commute. Has it been a little bit more difficult? You know, what's going to change? Uh, when it is uh, reopened here around Christmas time. But uh, before we take the break, Marsh, is there anything else we want to hit on? West Virginia American Water is holding an open house today from 5 to 7 uh, in, at Shenan- in Shenandoah Junction. There you have it. Uh, from the word of the news director herself. We've got a break to take. When we return, we're going to be joined by a couple of guests in studio as you're listening to Panhandle Live on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Spring. We're talking about the issues that matter most to you. Now, back to Panhandle Live. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, broadcasting from the Hoppy Kirchival building. And old Harvey himself is standing by, top of the hour, as Metro News Talk Line will begin at 10.06. Still have some opportunities here in the next couple of weeks, Marcia, to enjoy the fall weather and plenty of opportunities to do so in the great outdoors here in uh, Berkeley County. That's right. Joining us from the Martinsburg-Berkeley County Parks and Rec Department, Jennifer Justice and Michael Carney. Did I say your last name right? Kearney. Kearney. Ooh, Dang it. Swing and a miss. Dang it. <laughs> uh, yeah, every, like, 50% of the time, I'm going to get right. <laughs> so uh, what's what's been shaken? Um, first off, thank you for having us again. Oh, you're um, welcome. So for my side of things, Community Rec, we're actually opening up a new uh, kind of class uh, starting next week. It's called Little Adventures um, Winter Camp. It's uh, designed for two- to five-year-olds. Uh, them and their parents come in. Um, we have an instructor kind of teaches them basic fundamentals like skills like reading, counting, all that good fun kind of stuff. Um, so we're really excited about it. Registration is still open until uh, next Monday. So if you or your little kid want to come out and join up, please sign up. So so when is it held? Is it during the day? So or? yeah, it's held Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, so we have three cycles. So uh, November, December, and January. So with that cycle, you get three weeks of like kind of classes. Um, every Tuesday and Thursday of the month, of course, you know, Thanksgiving week, we won't have anything like that. Uh, Christmas week, we won't have anything, but, um, yeah, it's brand new. We're super excited about it and we love, uh, the community come out and give it a try for sure. It, it's just starting to get cold. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I know there will be some athletes still out this Friday night, even if it's cold playing football, but, um, you know, the sports don't, don't stop. Uh, you've got registration open for basketball and futsal. 
Yeah, registration is um, is currently going on, um, and we'll run through November 13th, which is a Monday. Um, we have extended our high school basketball sections until the 20th of November with tryouts from the schools and everything. We wanted to give those athletes the opportunity to play rec if they still wanted to with how it shakes down in the high school sports. Um, so we're gearing up for, for those leagues to start. Like I said, we like to keep the buildings full, new activities going all the time. So those are our two big leagues coming up. We still have dance classes. Um, we have some rec programs that started this month, um, and they'll be on a cycle kind of like um, Michael's programs. And then um, we still have our recital dance that goes on. And we have gymnastics. They have classes. A lot of them are full, but there is some opportunity to get in in some of those. And then the open gyms they also host. Well, sticking with basketball and futsal for a second, you know, what are the age ranges? You know, how many teams are in the league? And kind of how does it work for people that are unfamiliar that want to put their kid into a youth basketball league? You know, obviously everybody ends up on a team, right? I mean, how, how does that kind of shake out? Yeah, so we have um, our squirts program all the way up to our JV and high school section. So mm -hmm. it's for, you know, any age of the kids that want to come out. Um, everybody that registers, we have a draft. So you'll be contacted with your draft date and time you show up. The coaches and staff will put you through um, a battery of drills. Um, and then the coaches will go back into a room and, and we'll do a draft. If you're unable to make the draft, you get put into the auto draft. And then after so many kids are selected on each team, then they just fill in with the numbers of the children that weren't able to participate. Um, but everybody that signs up, everybody gets to play. I remember the, the first basketball league I got to play in down the street in Brookhaven Elementary was where I was at in Morgantown. Really well-balanced league. You showed up, tried out, everybody, you know, they had the draft, whatever, except the uh, the elementary school got to put their own team in the league every year. They got <laughs> all the best players. They won every year. They were undefeated. <laughs> That's not going to happen here, from what I understand. Yeah, no, we, we definitely try and get a good balance. So even when a coach um, is a coach of a team, they still have to draft their own kid. Right. So we try and make it as fair as possible. And, and you know, the coaches are really great to work with. They're volunteers, so we really appreciate the work and the time that they put in. So we're, we're just happy to have them. And, you know, we try and put parameters in place to try and get it as balanced and fair as we can. You know, you, you hear all the time anecdotally, keep your kids busy. If they're if they're busy doing stuff, they're not going to be getting into nonsense. And um, you guys have a lot of athletic activities, but you also have the Wreck and Crew movie night. Yeah. Yeah. So the Wreck and Crew, uh, we have one more movie night for this year. Um, it's going to be Friday, December fifteenth at six p.m. at Randy Smith Center. Um, we're going to be showing The Grinch. So this is the Benedict Cumberbatch one, the kind of the cartoon one that came out a couple years ago. Um, one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, if you want to come out, uh, 6 PM, um, we're going to be opening up the concession stand as well, um, for like snacks, you know, treats and things like that also. So that's what three Grinch movies, right? Cause there's the original cartoon, mm -hmm. there's the Jim Carrey one and then Benedict, I didn't even know that Benedict Cumberbatch made one. Yes. Do you, uh, do you have a power ranking of the Grinch movies? So for me, well, he said it was his favorite, right? It's one of my, well, okay. I guess I like all of them, but for my favorite, I really enjoy the Jim Carrey one, but pretty, the Benedict, the Benedict Cumberbatch one is like. You have Jim Carrey 1A, and this one's 1B. Okay. So. I don't know. I mean, the original cartoon is the best. Okay. I mean, and it's it's a quick little just pick me up that you love to watch with the family. That's probably my favorite, but yeah. Um, okay, so we've talked about dance when you've been in here before, and um, you guys have tried to open up more opportunities for kids that might not be you know, working toward a recital in the spring. But then I'm, I see Country Line Dance Workshop. What up? Yeah, so our, our new dance coordinator, her name is Jessica, she's done a fantastic job of trying to bring in some some new programming to get more people into the center to, to figure out what we have going on with dance. She actually offered two thriller workshops in October. <laughs> 
So you actually registered. They both filled up We need to have her in. Maybe you could. We should. Yeah, she did a great job. They came in and learned how to do the thriller dance from the Michael Jackson video. <laughs> um, and then we had a lot of feedback from a lot of adults wanting to do some dancing. So now she's opened up a country line dancing. I will tell you, when country line dancing first came in, I'm showing my age here, but in the 90s, you know, I tried. I was at the, you know, receptions, wedding reception. I, I could never keep up. Everyone just always seemed so skilled. So maybe I sneak into one of these. I tell you what, we would love to have you come out. Come <laughs> are, out. Are either of you guys line, line dancers? I am not. I mean, I know it. some. And I, I mean, I might, my, I think my husband and daughter are out of town that weekend. Maybe I'm looking for some. Go. Maybe I'll go together too. Yeah. But um, I think it, I think it's fun and it'll get people, you know, out and get moving. And it's a request that we've had the last couple of years to do some country line dancing. So, you know, by doing a workshop and getting people in and, and moving, then maybe it could be something that, you know, we make more regular. I just bookmark that for when one of my daughters are getting married and then I could just have these wild skills that they never knew I had. Like, Start with line dancing, then yeah. you move on to break dancing. Yeah, then I'm, you know, ballroom the electric slide. There Actually, ballroom dancing was brought up in there our meeting, go. so oh, I think that's something yeah. that they, they're looking to get started Swing as well. Dancing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so that is November 11th. Also, we know November 11th is a very special day uh, because we, we mark our, our veterans here in this country, and there's a special event at War Memorial Park. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so our Veterans Day event is going to be happening, like you said, November 11th, Saturday. It's going to happen at 11 a.m. Um, we're just come out, pay respect. We have a little ceremony going on, and that's going to lead us all the way into the uh, Veterans Day parade as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the parade is it too. We're going to have a guest on this week who's talking about the parade. Uh, there's a special speaker from the VA Medical Center who's going to be there at your event at War Memorial Park. And then... Operation North Pole. What's what's that? Yeah, so this will be this is our second annual Operation North Pole. Um, we invented the program last year. Um, it's a free event for the community. We have it up at Berkeley Two Thousand Rec Center. Um, when you come in, there'll be Mrs. Claus's Cafe serving mm-hmm. up you know free donuts, hot chocolate, hot apple cider. We have the reindeer games. So we set up half of the gym with a bunch of activities for the kids to do. On the other side, we'll have Santa's workshop, and we have crafts available for the kids to do. And then we also have a selfies with Santa station. So we do have Santa that will be stopping by, and and we'll be available to take pictures and stuff with the kids. It's a free event, entire family. Um, It was very well attended last year. Um, It was one of the first programs that I kind of created and kind of ran when I I started at the park. So we're just really, you know, proud of the event, and we're looking to, you know, make it bigger and better this year. So 9 to 1130 a.m. at the Berkeley 2000 Rec Center, December 2nd. Yes, ma'am. All yeah. right. So uh, it, we're getting into the colder weather. Thoughts turn to winter break. Are you guys doing anything for over Christmas? Yeah, um, we'll have some open gyms. We call it our holiday hustle. Um, it, it's a little unique this year with where Christmas and the holidays fall. So the building will be closed a few days around in there, but we're still looking at having a few days of it. And we open it up for, you know, three or four hours at a time. And we'll have basketball available, volleyball, maybe a couple other surprises and games available. And it's kind of just a drop in where people can just stop in and, and play some sports and do some pickup. So if if it's a minor, if it's a young, youngster, they need to have someone sign them in, right? Yeah. Um, if you're under work. the age of, uh, I think it's anywhere from under the age of 12, you have to have someone at least 18 or over with you. Um, but, you know, it, during that time, I know a lot of people are off work. Last year, we had a lot of, you know, parents bring their kids out and, you know, just do some fun little activities and stuff. So 
it's a good time. Well, guys, I ask you this this question somewhat controversially because I know different parks and reps uh, handle this a little bit differently. But we're going to start to see some snow on the ground here in the next couple of weeks. You guys have uh, some areas you would recommend for kids in the area when it comes to sledding. Oh, I, I didn't see this coming at all. <laughs> no, some, some, wow. some okay. uh, of course, some pe- places, you know, they don't want you necessarily to do that. But are there some areas in uh, Berkeley County that you would recommend for kids that want to go sledding? Um, off the top of my head, I know I live in Falling Waters. Mm-hmm. Um, so going up to where my apartment complex is, there is a giant hill right there by, <laughs> behind the food line. Right. That's the only place I can recommend. Um this opinion does not reflect the official opinion yeah. of the Berkeley, <laughs> Martinsburg Berkeley County Parks and Rec. Yes, well, so. in Morgantown, you know, you used to have law school hill, and then the university shut that down because lawsuit I mean, skill. People, well, people hill. were just—I mean, you were flying down that thing, and then you had Dorsey's Knob, and then you know, everybody's got a backyard or somewhere in their neighborhood. I didn't know if there was yeah. a set specific place in Berkeley County or not. We don't, but it sounds like we need to. Yeah, it sounds like go. maybe something we, we should create or a come sanctioned up with. Snow yeah. the ski lift is getting put in next year. For <laughs> okay, well, speaking of, you know, official infrastructure being put in, uh, you guys might not be able to answer these questions, but obviously Lambert Park, uh, you know, has been a little bit of a disappointment for folks who've been depending on that for years. Uh, the pool there has some uh, some issues. And so a lot of thoughts have been thrown around about, you know, what to, to put there in the future. Um, is there any movement right now that you know of? Um, not at this time. Um, I do know that a splash pad was proposed. Um, I do know maybe revamping and reworking the pool. Um, it did have a lot of mechanical issues, um, stuff that we were unable to fix. Um, so at this point, I don't know that anything has been decided. Um, that'll be just something that we, that the city has to decide of what they, what they want to do with the area. I do know the pool is fairly old. Um, a lot of the pieces, um, are no longer being manufactured. There's a lot of things that have been put together, so it might just need a complete overhaul, something that obviously can't be done in a couple weeks, um, to get it open and going. Um, it was very disappointing for us as well, but I do know that, you know, maintenance and and staff and and city council, they're all still working, you know, to come up with a solution. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a little bit above my pay grade. (laughs) So I agree everything with Jennifer said as well. So, yeah, I know a lot of people have, have, put out the idea that, well, you know, now that we're thinking about this, we'd go ahead and put that indoor pool in. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, we'll, we'll keep following this story. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, before we let you go, anything else you wanted to touch on? And for people that uh, want more information on the events that we talked about today, uh, where can they go and find more? Yeah. So, um, they can just go on our website, uh, com, everything like that. Um, we have stuff posted about our events, um, that are coming up, everything like that. Check out our Facebook page as well on social media. Um, but I don't have anything else at this time. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I mean, he hit it. Like, check us out on our on our social medias or on our website. Um, we do a pretty good job of, you know, keeping things posted and updated. Um, if I could make a quick little announcement, yep. um, we will be redoing our lobby floors the week of Thanksgiving. So, like Randy Smith and Berkeley 2000, the rec center portions will be closed from, I think, the 20th through the 24th. Or the 19th through the 24th, the Monday through the Friday, because yeah. they're going to get the um, lobby floors redone, rewaxed, and everything. So, of course, you can't walk on them. But it's a good time to do it because we don't have a lot of programming with it being a holiday week anyway. Absolutely. Well, I hope you guys stay warm over these next couple of months. We appreciate the time this morning. Yeah, Thank, you. Thank you. All right, a break to take. We'll wrap it up after this on Panhandle Live. You're listening to Panhandle Live on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. Final segment of Panhandle Live. 
This Wednesday edition, the day after Halloween, the first day of November, Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tyron Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville, online too at countryroads.com uh, today. We talked about it a little bit in our first segment, but uh, we're getting to the end of the high school football season. We're in the playoffs for volleyball. You just heard that in our Panhandle Sports Update. Um, but uh, we also talked about uh, Marshall Soccer. They officially won the Sun Belt, as you mentioned, those crazy games yesterday. WVU needing a penalty to win in the dying seconds. Uh, Marshall as well, but then UCF going down. The herd for Marshall finished last night uh, with a 2-0 win over Southern Car- or South Carolina, that is. Uh, and the postseason conference championship tournament begins this weekend. Marshall will host Old Dominion on Sunday. West Virginia will travel to Orlando to play Georgia State in the first round of Georgia State team that they beat this year. So, you know, we've turned the last segment of this show when we have some time into a soccer-specific segment. Because so <laughs> we'll, we just because we can. Absolutely. We'll continue to update. Hopefully they get to cross paths again in the uh, in the Sun Belt Conference Tournament, that is WVU and Marshall. And uh, then hopefully they'll get to cross paths again in the NCAA Tournament as well. Pretty exciting when you think about, you know, we've become the soccer powerhouse. Yeah, Very absolutely. Cool. UCs have another great season in Division Two. I know Wesleyan's up this year, uh, so Division Two soccer is going at a high level. And uh, for regional soccer, uh, Spring Mills is taking, I believe, it's Hurricane this Thursday tomorrow in the uh, state soccer tournament on the boys' side of things. And then Hedgesville will be in action on the girls' side. And uh, we'll be talking about those games a little bit tomorrow um, on Panhandle Sports Live. Are they always in Charleston or where? They're in uh, Beckley. They're, they're in, in Beckley. A, there's a rec center in Beckley that they play the state okay, soccer let me tournament. Ref- at. Let me reframe that. Are they always far away? Yes. Yes, they absolutely are. The Eastern Panhandle. You know, it's funny. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. The The WVSSAC, here's a little inside baseball for you. Um, you mean inside soccer? Well, the, in, in this case, it's inside football. <laughs> okay. um, but inside whatever for you. Uh, for the playoffs, which we're going to get to next week, every round of the playoffs, the coaches all have to convene at the WVSSAC office in Parkersburg. At least it used to be. Now they just do the first round and then the week before the Super 6, I believe. So think about Martinsburg. If you're here, that's the North Pole. That's yeah, like absolutely. You might as well be driving to New York. Every single weekend that they were in the playoffs, Dave Walker, whose football team won a lot of games, had to drive to Physically. Parkersburg. Have they heard of Zoom? I mean, to be fair, when okay, they started that this, that ca- wasn't around. That sounds around. catty. But, but now recently, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, they continue to have the coaches. Now, that's why they changed it again from, I think, the last two years. They only go week one of the playoffs and then the week before the Super 6. But, no, every single week, uh, Dave Walker would leave and and drive down to Parkersburg. Uh, you know, Brian Thomas made some deep playoff runs, would drive down to Parkersburg. Uh, Dave, uh, uh, Craig Hunter of Jefferson's won some playoff games, drive down to Parkersburg. Okay, that seems... <laughs> That so, seems much. So I you, mean, okay, so this feels like the the board of uh, visitors, you know, bureau at in Parkersburg was like, you know what, we could get some some folks here. Sure. If we just the McDonald's down the street from the SSAC office, I'm sure yeah. was thrilled. Um, but you think about that because you know wrestling, track, volleyball's Charleston, soccer is Beckley. I think swimming and diving's in Morgantown now. Super six in Wheeling. State basketball tournament, Charleston. State oh, baseball tournament, Charleston. Track and field. Yeah, Charleston yeah. softball, we Parkersburg. Um, it it or I'm sorry, uh, wrestling. You're right. I think wrestling has moved to Huntington. And if I got any of those wrong, please let me know in the text line. I say all that to say it's not it's not just Nothing's around the close. corner. <laughs> Nothing is close. And so you know we've talked about uh, with guests previously on on these here airwaves about having 
like a, a multi-use sporting mm-hmm. complex, kind of like what they're building in Hagerstown or an event center. Uh, and I know we've got, you know, Airborne Church and uh, the Ranson Civic Center can hold a good number of folks. But to have a, an event center or a large uh, structure like that, you know, um, that has lights, you know, you know, if it's an outside venue uh, that, that could host a lot of folks, maybe we could draw, you know, keep more of our athletes here for yeah. a, a given state tournament. Now, it's going to be interesting to see. I know there's been talk, and this is and it's purely speculation. I don't have any inside information about moving the uh, the state football championships from Wheeling down to Bluefield. Uh, Bluefield's <laughs> got make it easier. Yeah, I know. Bluefield's got one of the best high school football stadiums in the country, but it's also down in Bluefield. Uh, baseball is going to move from Charleston to uh, the new baseball complex in uh, Huntington for Marshall. Uh, so that's going to move even further away. Um, and it's going to be – now, the only one that I don't think I'm, – I'm all for – the state tournament's moving around, and if you're welcome to Texas, this is probably a conversation for Panhandle Sports Live, but you can text us 304-263-4321. I don't really care where any of the state tournaments are played except for basketball. I think that has to remain in the, the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center because of how historic that event has become. As far as everything else, mm-hmm. I'd be happy with rotating it. Absolutely. I would say you know, you've got the Coliseum in Morgantown. Um, I can't think of the name of Marshall's Arena right now. Uh, you've got the oh, Civic the, Center. You got the the Joan is the football. The the basketball. You know, I um, would be happy with just rotating around state tournaments mm-hmm. to give teams that you know Wheeling's got the the Naylor Stadium. They could play some stuff up there. Everything except basketball. I would like to keep basketball in Charleston, but everything else could move around. It'd be cool. I mean, it's in Maryland, but it'd be cool to play the state baseball tournament at the the new Hagerstown Stadium. That'd be yeah, kind of can, but can you imagine the the netizens? Like, why are we? Why are we driving all the way and going out of state to play our state, <laughs> our state baseball play? Yeah, yeah. It's just it, it, it's just funny. Um, Charleston Catholic, for example, when they play in the state tournament, have a, 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 a kind of a ceremonious walk to the stadium when they play. So mm-hmm. when Charleston Catholics won a lot of baseball state championships, when they play, they have a send off like a lot mm-hmm. of teams do. But for them, it's walking across the street. You know, mm. for Hedgesville, it's getting on a – who made it to the state championship game, it's getting on a bus and driving for four and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that can be a little bit difficult. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure this resonates with a lot of people who have had students involved in, in sports. Anytime you have to go well, to any think kind about, of playoff, you have to get on a bus. Think about Jefferson last year. They go on the road round one of the playoffs and beat Spring Valley in Huntington, and then the next week are drawn against Huntington. So they go back to Huntington mm-hmm. and back-to-back weeks. I mean, that that is that is remarkable. The things that they had to go through to beat Spring Valley and to turn right around and have to go back. And to then the, not counting the extra trip their coaches have to make to Parkersburg, Parkersburg apparently. <laughs> We we need a, a quick maybe we need to talk to the folks over at the uh, the Eastern Regional Airport the Eastern West Virginia we'll get some Regional chartered Airport. flights for our fellows here yeah there you go get uh, get let's get Dave Walker a helicopter there you go I mean I mean for the athletes well oh okay okay that takes several trips we can get the, back and forth you know those C-17s can carry a bunch of athletes that's a training exercise that'd be so cool there you go like can you imagine yeah. How did you get to your state championship? We got on a C-17 and landed in Charleston. And then we only had a 30-minute drive, hour drive. Well, uh, Marsha, with just a couple of minutes left in uh, today's show, I also wanted to touch on we've been promoing our uh, Week 11 finale for high school football. Uh, and it's uh, down in the land of uh, roundabouts, down in your part of the, mm-hmm. the county. Uh, Musselman's taking on Parkersburg. ton of fun, and I don't know if you heard it on our show, 
And I'm sure you've spent uh, some time at some point you've been at Denny Price Stadium. Of course. For football. Yeah, I, I jog there. There you go. I, not much, but I do. <laughs> I've been known I've been known to jog there. Well, and we've had track and field kids and yeah. There you go. Um, well, your, your jogging plans might have to be postponed for a little bit because after this game, uh, that field is going under construction because this Friday's game is the last game for natural grass. They're wow. putting turf down. See, I never really touch the the field. Right. Just around. You don't go the, out there and run routes like a wide receiver? No. Or kick the ball around like a know, soccer player? I didn't know that was an option. I didn't know I could. But, <laughs> well, now that it's turf, you, you might be able to. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my, my husband plays soccer on, on turf, and he comes home and he's got these little... The pellets? Rubber pellets. Yeah. Every, they're everywhere. And turf burns the worst, man. I, I, I enjoyed catching on turf. I hated playing the infield for baseball on turf, and I hated pitching on turf. Um, but when you go down, it, it takes a good part of your skin with it. You know, turf burn is, uh, it's, it's, it's certainly not a tough one, but, uh, anyways, that's, uh, that's going to be next year that the artificial turf was put in at Denny Price stadium. And, uh, to this Friday night's game against Parkersburg, our pregame coverage will begin at 6:45. dying seconds of the show. Marsha, we've got hoppy Kirchival coming up next. I'm sure with another jam packed lineup, uh, with his, with his show beginning at 10. He's got a couple hits about a uh, federal magistrate, Omar Abelhassan's recommended uh, recommendation in the lawsuit about inmates at the Southern regional jail. They'll be talking a lot about the uh, Israel Hamas war and uh, polling numbers, more hmm. polling numbers out this time uh, for Joe Manchin and Jim justice. Ooh, that's going to be an interesting conversation to catch up on. And you're going to be able to hear it in just a couple of moments here on WEPM and WCST. This has been another edition of Panhandle Live. If you missed any or part of today's episode, we'll post it just a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Spotify page. Uh, but for Marsha, I have been Luke Wiggs. Hoppy Kirchwell standing by. We'll turn it over to him in a moment. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Can hold it tight. She lives on the funny floor town. The elevator's broken down, so I walk flat, two flat, three flat, four, five, six, seven flat, eight flat more. I'm on the bell, I'm a red and drag. Fifteenth floor, I'm fixing the sack. I get to the top of the I'm too tired to ride. And I call my baby on the telephone. I come on over, baby, I'm all alone. I say, baby, you're my sweet I'm in bed with an aching feet. I've just been home for a couple of days. I couldn't stay away, so I walked right back. Eight flat four, five, six, seven, five, eight flat four. I'm on the cliff, I'm ready to drag. Fifteen floor, fix me seven. I get to the top of the house. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.